welcome. You have entered the magical realm of extra credit. A doppelganger in podcast form. Our traveling band of snakes tonight include... The irascible punk, Argyle Funk. This beautiful vehicle comes equipped with an airlock. Cycle time, 10 seconds. Gel tires, a winch. 5,000 kilogram test table, 1,000 meters in length. A pressurized cabin, state-of-the-art instrumentation and communications. Each starship comes equipped with one force field belt per occupant standard. With a rear cargo hatch, cycle time 10 seconds, and armor-tinted <laughs> windows, the vehicle is very useful and stylish, with more accessories available upon request. See starships. Built for tough. <laughs> the Scholar of Holler, Nyx. In their defense, they did pointedly ask me if I was okay with them being furries. In my defense, the thought did cross my mind. Does he mean that they are going to RP-fucking? The thought continuing on to, there's no way he means they are going to rp fuck. I was wrong, but I think I've learned a thing or two from the experience. <laughs> the Cavalist Cavalier, Heavenator. This reader is a thin, flexible penis casing. Can be worn by a male or superboard dildo. It has bumps and ridges that provide additional stimulation during intercourse. It provides a plus five confidence bones on perform sexual technique checks from a user. Heave, no. A literal rage golem. Lesbiathan. Carved from the wood of an ancient oak tree, this plus two great club is shaped like an enormous phallus. The wielder acts as if he has the animal magnetism feet and allows him to cast irrational attraction once per day as if cast by a level seven druid. Scryer of textual atrocities and per wizard. Nutshell Gulag. Filling out the forms requires one round per level of spell. <laughs> and your guide through other worlds this evening. Shell game. Fish dust. A handful of this dust may be sprinkled over any ten-foot radius area of lake, river, or ocean. If any fish are below, the dust paralyzes them and causes them to rise to the surface, making them easy to harvest. The dust affects up to 10 HD worth of aquatic creatures and have, that have animal intelligence or less. No single creature can have more than 1 HD. Once the fish surface, the paralysis persists for 4D4 rounds. Wow, thanks. Surely there is no other way in this fantasy realm to get fish. <laughs> Teach a man, give a man a fish and he'll eat for a Teach day. Teach a man give the a man fish a bag dust. Of fish dust. And he'll just have a bunch of dusted fish. Well, you don't even need to season them. It also doubles as a nice seasoning for your fish. Do you think fish dust is just like fish fish? Yes. Yeah. At least it's ethical. We can't. We won't be killing any super smart fish. <laughs> Hi, extra credit. Hi. Hi. How are y'all doing tonight? Real bad. <laughs> I'm kind of confused. Uh, uh, so I called you all here tonight because uh, uh, Lesbiathan, Heavenator, Argyle, Nyx, Nutshell, you all like to play uh, tabletop games. It's well, true. you can't yeah. prove that. At this moment, I sure do. <laughs> so uh, I actually, uh, knowing that so many of us shared that hobby, I decided that it would be really fun to ask the Lesbiathan to put together a document for us on, you know, pen and paper bullshit, one might say. There's so much to choose from. 
Yeah, you know, it's such a it's such a rich and varied and interesting hobby that there must be a lot of great things online uh <laughs> documenting and 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 utilizing the utilizing the imaginative uh capabilities and possibilities to their fullest. Um wow. So just as a little <laughs> just as a little um I guess appetizer. We're going to start off at, Re- at over at Reddit. The best uh, place to start. <laughs> our, our good friends at Reddit. Yeah, um, let's buy up and pick out some stories from RPGHorrorStories.com, and we're going to read a couple of them. Argyle. Yes? If you would be so kind to read Checking My Fantasy Privilege. Sorry, Argyle. <laughs> so, here's a little something that happened to me a few months ago that I think you might enjoy. I was doing some D&D 5e world building for a setting I was hoping to play with my friends when we moved in together the next year, and because world building is a part of the game that I really enjoy, I decided to get a few guys from a local club together to play a short campaign in the setting so I could iron out any kinks in what I put together. I'd say, boy, was that a mistake, but to be honest, in the end it worked out pretty great overall. It was during character creation, of all things, that problems arose. Uh oh. Oh no. <laughs> The areas of the world I had fleshed out for my campaign had a oh, Greek, boy. Anatolian, Louisiana voodoo feel to them. What? What? Oh. Why'd you want argue, Argyle to read this one? Weird I, combination, I, I know, but I think it worked together. Obviously, with some nice <laughs> fantasy no. elements mixed in and pieces of the societies I was drawing influence from picked out and dropped in. There was a relatively rigid cast. Oh, good. I won't go. Oh, that's always oh, fun. Good. I love playing fantasy games. Hear that? That's systems. the red flag going up. Yeah. Now, I won't confuse the issue by uh, saying all the names I made for these casts. With nobility Thanks. ruling over cities, noble-sanctioned citizen families, non-urban Gross. landowners, and Gross. peasants. People Gross. from the citizen and landowner classes were able to have their children train as warriors, with peasants levied to fill out military <sighs> needs when necessary. Jeez, this sounds really fun and fantastical. <laughs> now, okay... The society was mostly male-dominated, and sexual relationships were expected to be male-female in a monogamous marriage. Gross. Love, love to reinforce existing systems of oppression in my fantasy games. Man, we could create any world. Let's just create ours, but shittier. We live in a fantasy society. <laughs> <laughs> wow, Argyle, very good. Warriors had a little more leeway, with warrior men being able to take Ugh, two wives, gross. provided one was a female warrior and the other was gross. a non-warrior. Ah, uh, yes, the fantasy Mormons. No, no such right for female warriors, though. Come on, this is fantasy, it's, but we still have our limits. It's, it's part of the setting. What's he supposed to do? Change the setting? Yeah, it's not like he created it. You're right. <laughs> Male homosexual relationships were also permitted between warriors. Female oh, okay. homosexual relationships like... were not accepted within oh, society, oh, regardless of your warrior status. Never mind. This caused me some problems. You don't say. Uh, hmm. What? But you just got a couple of cool guys together. Like, why would they have any problems with that? What's wrong with dudes being bros fighting? Just dogs? guys being dudes. What's better than that? Have you this? ever heard of fraudage? No. <laughs> 
I had five people who were interested in playing the game for a short campaign. They seemed like decent people, and they were into role-playing their characters, which was ideal for my purposes. So I spent some time with each of them building a little character for the campaign and helping them understand the world I had made. So far, so good. The last person I made a character with was a little more problematic. Uh Uh Mm Uh-oh, problematic in this wonderful world of yours? Let's call her H. Uh-oh. Now, H was a lesbian woman, and she wanted to play a lesbian woman human fighter in our campaign, which is fair enough. I took some time explaining how sexual relationships worked in the world I'd made, and that she could expect public persecution for being an openly homosexual woman. Oh, good gosh. <laughs> oh, man. This didn't go down well at all. She sat and got I, wonder, I wonder why. I wonder why. Maybe she wanted to go to a fantasy land where she could just exist as a person and didn't have to deal with society's bullshit. I don't know. She sat quietly through my explanation, seemingly calm. But yeah, when right. I was finished, yep. she looked right at me and said, Do you know how disgusting it is the way you treat lesbians? I was oh. genuinely taken aback. I really had no idea what I could have done to offend her. My perfect fancy society would find you disgusting. Why is that offensive? I asked her what she meant, and she went into a long rant about lesbian rights and acceptance oh, wow. and how wow. by not letting her play a lesbian character, I was completely disregarding and supporting the oppression of homosexuals. She said I might not have known, and that she would forgive me if I made lesbian relationships legal in the setting and let her play a lesbian. Wait, Wait, wow, that's actually, uh, pretty reasonable. Yeah, right? Now, she was reasonable reasonable calm throughout that rant, and I (laughs) sort of assumed she thought I really didn't understand and that she was teaching me about homosexual rights. I'm a straight white male, so I find it's prudent to be cautious when talking about these kinds of things with someone you don't know well. But in my head, all I was thinking was, oh, fuck, this (laughs) is going to be trouble. Good attitude to have going into this, Scott. I explained to her again that she was absolutely allowed to play a lesbian character, and that the views of the world I had built were not based on my own thoughts on the matter, and that I was fictional and devised, because I wanted my world to be conflicted and unfair, and that I was simply warning her that if she played a lesbian character, she could expect NPCs in the world to act accordingly. I thought I'd explained it clearly, but something wasn't getting through. I now understand what death of the author means, because I'm kind of wanting it here now. (laughs) (laughs) You're, I'm allowing you to play a lesbian character. I'm just gonna call you slurs while we play. What's wrong? But, you know, have fun. Have fun. You, you know, that's the rule. It's okay if you say the slew in a fun voice. Mm-hmm. Minus two to all your rolls. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's fatal, Joe. Oh. 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 That's not a joke. No, I know. I, I, I yeah. Keep going. Fin- finish this up. <laughs> Please. <laughs> She was calm through my explanation again, but as soon as I was finished, she completely exploded for some reason. She was furious that the setting didn't have equal rights or queer relationships and became increasingly angry that I refused to change my setting to better suit her. I tried, in vain, to make her understand several more times as she continued to shout, and to be honest, I caught very little of what she said. (laughs) No shit. But you really practiced at uh, tuning out women, huh, buddy? 
What I do know is that she rounded off, rounded of the argument with a, it's not fair, at which point she went silent and there was this awkward pause where she was just staring at me. Yeah, um, this ends about as well as you guys expect, but uh, that uh, that's a fun story about somebody who obviously went through a, a, a real horror story of their own. Like, it was definitely yeah. him that was yeah. the victim here. Yeah, I've had a few uh, cases of bad players and bad DMs, but I've never had to deal with a situation that became so vitriolic so quickly over something that doesn't really exist. <laughs> Oh, thank you, Argyle. Thanks for reading that part. Hey, guys, oppression doesn't exist. Isn't that awesome? Why? Yeah. If if it's not such a big deal, why doesn't he just change the setting? Because his setting is his baby. He's been working on it for, I don't know. You wouldn't ask me to mutilate my baby. Now let me tell you my thoughts on male circumcision. You see... Oh, God. No, have you ever played um... Silent Hill? (laughs) <laughs> All right, um, we're going to we're going to move on. Uh, luckily, these these other stories are a little less uh, <laughs> a little less um, sure. Uh, mix. No, but they're shorter. Uh, y- yes, yeah, they 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 are shorter. Uh, mix. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've got a Sorry, choice mix. for you. Oh wow! This and is I'm fast. going to I'm going to give you a bit of an explanation. So you can either read the shorter one, but it's called castrations at the slaver stocks stockade or Sorry. the longer one but it's called other D character forcing romance on my pc that scarred me uh-huh. I, they're I, both really I, bad i see oh i've read the second <laughs> yeah, one i'm before. sorry it's not good yeah oh this is actually a hard choice um go with your heart my heart, sa- be my heart says do the short one because it's faster. So, oh, castrations good, good. at Your the slaver stockade. <laughs> Sorry, Max. <laughs> Are you, though? Really? Yeah, I actually am. This one's really gross and I hate it. <laughs> oh, good. So, castrations at the slaver stockade. So, it was my first time being a DM and second time playing D&D. I had read the player's handbook and most of the DMG and thought I was ready. Dungeon Master's Guide. I made a sea adventure where the party hops from island to island taking quests and plundering dungeons. That's fun. Hey, D&D One Piece. Yeah. The first quest they got to was <laughs> to rescue an expedition that went missing on a certain island. Ooh. On the way there, sirens beckoning the crew, and two of the players to the side of the ship to their doom. What? <laughs> Only the cleric made the DC-10 whiz save. Okay. The cleric decided to go back to sleep and let everyone drown. <laughs> Cool cleric. Wow. Cool cleric. Okay. Yeah, that's in character. Uh, the other two players eventually made their saves, but the whole crew died. Um, cool. Yay. <laughs> they arrived in the middle of the night and snuck up on some orc guards. Then they discovered a little orc village. It wasn't that well thought out, but I had a certain dice over each hut. For amount of orcs, there weren't too many. The what? cleric decided the best plan was to run into the middle of the orc village in the middle of the night and cast thaumaturgy to make his voice boom and yell, BOP! At the top of his lungs. Oh, I'm sure we've all had a. I'm sure. Yeah. I'm sure we've all played with somebody yes. like that. I yes. am the person that would do that. But uh, frankly, as players, I mean, sound like I would bits. do that, but I would yell something better than "Bop." Come on. Well, I think he actually yelled Leroy Jenkins. <laughs> no, Julia, please. Uh, this is 2018. Yelled Basinga. You're right. Sorry. <laughs> Just they replaced it with Bop to stop the embarrassment. 
He awoke most of the orcs while the other two party members were busy throwing sand at each other on the beach. Aww. Cool party. Long story short, they all died, but we were 25 minutes into the campaign, so I made the cleric see his god and he resurrected. Cool. But now he knew everything, so they rescued the prisoners and tied up all the orcs while they were sleeping, and castrated all of them, including the eye prisoners, and made them their slaves. Cool party. They spent the next five minutes torturing their slaves until I had to stop the campaign <sighs> capital because I was getting pretty bad with the stuff they were doing. It was a solid 45 minutes. Well, pretty at least... cool group. You know, uh, points to that, uh, points to that DM, they knew after 45 minutes that it was not yeah, going a lot to change. Of, a lot of weird nerds will just finish out this session you know, and then never I have respect for that DM again. because they got a lot done in 45 minutes. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> they captured a bunch of slaves and Hey, 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 they also them. drowned. And there were sirens. You're right, That is sorry. extremely that productive. You you would never expect the cleric to be the rogue element in the party. <laughs> right. I I really like the Deus Ex Machina that just like, well, we were only thirty minutes into the game and they all died, so I just had their god resurrect Classic them. GM. Well, you guys suck. Luckily, uh yeah. Their god went, now now, if you're gonna do it, do it right. Castration. <laughs> Clearly. <laughs> um it's fucking old school shit. Evanator. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would like you to read the next story and um uh Lesbiathan, if you'll be the DM when the mm, time comes. Always, always the DM. So taking <laughs> some time away from my regular game as a DM, I decided Ugh. to play a character I wanted to enjoy for some time in a one shot I saw advertised on World Twenty. Brief introduction. I am playing Marcax. Golden Dragonborn Paladin, who is Order of the Ancients. A oh. Yeah, those are words. Yeah. I'll take a I'll take a Markax with a side of fries. Make them the ancient fries. Well, I want the Golden Dragonborn Paladin toy in my Markax mill. <laughs> a perpetually happy guy who is driven by his goal to find his capital D daughter. After his That's his Ooh. daughter's name. Ooh. After his wife left with her in the middle of the night. So... That whore wife doesn't get a capital W. Uh, there goes that red flag up again. So, as yeah. a credit to a DM, he actually put something into a one-shot relating to my backstory. Awesome, right? Okay. Yeah. So far, so good. The DMs are fine. We were helping out a villains in which a death plague was turning the living into undead. It could only be caught by being scattered or bitten by someone infected. Basically zombies. Yeah, so Markax finds his wife stowed away in a village. She's been turned into a zombie. She attacks us, oh, no. and Markax regretfully puts her down. I'm sure it was oh, regretful. I don't like the way you phrased that, but I get yeah. it. Okay, keep going. My wife was an animal. In bed. Well, they are dragons. Oh, Listen, gross. I'm Stan Lee, and I'm telling this story. Rescues his daughter, only to find out she's got a scratch on her. No amount of lay on hands can cure her, and she dies in his arms. The DM begins DM. describing her convulsing, then slowly coming wow. back as an undead. Jesus fuck, what the hell, DM? Dude, just like... I 
I think the DM has some issues, guys. Uh, he's just trying to re- replicate the gritty realism of uh, The Walking Dead, you know. <laughs> oh, that's probably it. They probably just, yeah. They probably yeah, that is probably that. legitimately it. Montax raps his what? Wa- Sorry, this is the dialogue part. You can tell by my great mm-hmm. character voice. Montax wraps his arms around his <laughs> child and whispers goodbye before kissing her on the head and using divine smite to prevent her turning. Nice dragon voice. Ah. <laughs> uh, you have to make an attack to divine smite? Oh, uh, well, you mean I can use it on an unarmed strike? Can we not just flavor that as a hug and a kiss? Oh, so, like, an unarmed strike? Well, oh, I... You want your huge arm back and plunge it into the face of your daughter. Divine energy burns a hole in her face and the body dissolves. Uh, oh. Woohoo! I'm a good DM. Your daughter is now soup. <laughs> imagine showing up to... Imagine showing up to a one-shot and you're like, Oh, you worked in shit about my backstory? This is gonna be fun. And then it ends with you punching your daughter to death? You're punching yeah, a that's... hole in your daughter's face. Yeah. And yeah. they just they just make your character do that. They take control yeah, like, of your character and do it. Yeah. Cool. Alright, so uh you know, Reddit's terrible and we all agree on that. Whoops. But we're going to go to a place a little a little more palatable, uh, mm. and discuss something that won't make us angry. Uh it's uh I trust you, Shell. Yeah. Great, good. Hashtag D&D Gate. Go, Jonathan. Okay, so uh, D&D Gate was a thing that was started on Twitter by uh, serial harasser, the RPG Pundit. Oh, boy. Um, Let me just look that up on Twitter so I can put him on my block list real quick. Yeah, that that would be a very good (laughs) idea. idea. He also has a website. Just don't go to his website. Um, The Baldur's Gateway Pundit. (laughs) So, um, anyways, he, like... Like, no one likes him at all, so, like, a bunch of, uh, like, game creators and RPG fans and pen and paper fans, uh, hijacked his, uh, hashtag of hashtag D&D gate, uh, and just started it as an appreciation tag for wonderful fantasy gates from D&D art. Yeah, I didn't know we were talking about Zack Sabbath here. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so, uh, as annoying as all of this is going to be, just remember... It actually has a pretty good ending. Yeah, it lasted less than a month. <laughs> All right. Very good. <clears throat> D&D Gate sees SJWs claiming that D&D players are trying to exclude women minorities. It's finally happened. What, what's the website that we're on, by the way? Oh, well, <laughs> yeah. we're on oneangrygamer.net. It's 2018, so c- clearly this is a great time to be Jumping on that, uh, that brand. It's finally happened. Dungeons and Dragons has become co-opted by identity politics. And now those of you who thought tabletop gaming and miniature collectibles were safe from the toxic AOE rhetoric of social justice necromancers are now being poised (laughs) to face off against the same kind of soy-powered sophism that gamers in the interactive entertainment realm have been battling against since 2014 when hashtag Gamergate got underway. I really... You're giving me some real Francis E. Deck vibes here. I, I like it. So. I'm very much a fan of them using area of effect rhetoric attacks. Just make it more <laughs> D&D. They're not social justice warriors. They're necromancers. Why yeah. are they necromancers? I don't get it. Mm-hmm. Ar- Argyle, to answer your question, uh, they're social justice necromancers because they keep on bring- they keep on bringing back to life dead horses. 
That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. And I wish I was. I wish that was a joke, but I I have a feeling that's probably their joke. So I feel icky. D and D content creator Casimir Urbanski, who runs a small YouTube channel RPG Pundit, recently posted up a video detailing how he's come under fire by social justice warriors who claim that he's trying to keep the Dungeons and Dragons community by preventing minorities and women from joining. Preposterous. Sorry. I like how they multi-classed into warriors from necromancers. That's neat. <laughs> the 15-minute video below covers the basic gist of what Urbanski was, has been going through and some of the cha- charges laid against him by the clerical clique of the Intersectional Inquisition. Okay, that's three classes. Keep going. <laughs> if you manage to trudge through all 15 minutes and presume that it, it's all fud. I don't know what that means. Uh, it's pure uncertainty and doubt. You presumed wrong! If you check the actual D&D gate hashtag, you'll find everything Urbanski has mentioned in the video is true, right down to various members of the Rainbow Reich Coalition giving all of to virtue signaling like a pious prefect of the Church of Sashjus. Cool. Fun. It's not just acolytes and altar boys dog whistling on behalf of the aristocracy of appropriation oh my god there is also the usual suspects <laughs> in the form of actual writers and game designers joining in to condemn and castigate their own audience for participating in hashtag D gate this includes male feminist and game designer brian engard along with writer and game designer gareth m skarka he wrote a book about demons <laughs> i think were the demons gay this guy writes like no. a, like a middle school nerd, which like he probably hasn't matured since he was in middle school. So, oh, pr- most certainly. There's also the typical oh. mockery and goading by thirty-something white males with unkempt beards, open mouths, and colorful rainbows located somewhere in their profile picture. Of course, all of this complaining and whining couldn't go completely without some form of opposition. Anti-SJWs have been slowly creeping out of the woodwork to unleash the proverbial BTFO back on these social justice warriors using common sense and a hard dose of reality captured within the minuscule span of just 255 characters. Wait, no, what? (laughs) No, Twitter has a limit of 140 or 280 characters, uh, depending on when this was written. Please don't. Please don't tell them that they have more words they can write. <laughs> you have to keep room for hashtag Gamergate. And so it goes, the great culture war for Dungeons and Dragons has begun. MS Paint memes will clash against lengthy harangues while arrow-like, uh, oh sorry, langty harangues while arrow-like volleys of equivocation and deflection will rapidly blast across the embattled landscape of Twitter, Facebook, and occasionally YouTube. There will be plenty of shrieking and crying to be had from people approaching middle age, whose most valuable possessions in life are the thousands of bot followers they paid for to retweet and reblog their vapid self-congratulatory moral crusade in order to feel important about their digital demonation of political adversaries as all as a means to sate their culturally parasitic narcissism. As opposed to me, I have never demonized anyone. I don't pay for bot followers. I've never uh, gone on... A crusade of sorts. You can't uh, see it, but I'm making the jerk off motion as we speak. Yeah, I was gonna say grognard like a D and D grognard. Rinse, repeat, and toss in a few polygon and Mary Sue articles oh, to yelp polygon. about straight white males and toxicity. Um, 
you know Polygon, the defenders of yeah. all things. I want to point out that I think Polygon maybe did one very small article about D&D Gate. Polygon just pointed and went, ha and then just kept doing whatever they're doing. All right, um, we're, uh, let's just get into a tiny bit of the confusion. Um, Nutshell and uh, Heave, uh, I'm going to have you guys read your post. The next one we're just going to skip. Uh, which post is mine? Sorry. Oh, sorry. Uh, you are uh, Olive Doggy. <laughs> sorry, Nutshell. <laughs> I don't know. A dog made out of olives? That sounds delicious. Yeah. I'm picturing it now. Hmm. I just saw on Twitter a lot of angry social justice warriors claiming that this one guy, RPG pundit slash Kazmir Bansky censored slash censored, was a neo gamer gator, <laughs> and that D and D gate was an attempt to keep marginalized people out of gaming by a guy, but mad that he wasn't hired by W O T C. Wizards of the Coast. Okay. So, of course, I'm now trying to figure out what D&D Gate is. I don't know if that's true, but heads up, KIA. Yeah. Taku in action, because we're back on Reddit. Oh, boy. Oh, good. I thought he was talking about, like, Kia. Oh. Like, the car. <laughs> the car. Hello, I am Iron heads Wolf up, Kia. 56. Iron Wolf 56. No, that voice is entirely too dynamic. I bet you're a very <laughs> cool person. I bet you've, uh, you're top of your class at the sniper school. RPG Pundit has been pissing in the SJW cornflakes in the tabletop <laughs> gaming world for years. He's quite a popular figure to those trying to keep the cultural Marxist cancer out of that hobby. I know what Yeah, that cultural mean. Marxism that we're trying to so, put into into roleplay. Question. Are the SJW cornflakes SJWs that are in Iowa? Yeah, oh, sure. Let's, let's go with that. me. <laughs> yeah, that's a sleeper. There you go. The largest online spot for the hobby is a place called RPGNet. A place that is so far left that a few days ago they instituted a rule that any positive talk or defense of ICE, brackets, immigration, and customs enforcement would be met with a ban. That's pretty cool. Good job, RPGNet, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. I tried to find, like, bad RPG stuff on RPGNet, but they're actually really good and they ban bad people. Wow. So, like. Yeah, it was really difficult. Also, they are a sponsor now. Yes, RPG Net, they support this. <laughs> well, hold on. Pundit is a big figure in the opposing RPG forum site, where people flock once RPG bans them for wrong thing. I'm not going to mention what this site's name is. Uh, to be very clear, RPG Net has like open threads where like you can contest your ban and like all bans are listed in public uh it's very transparent listen it's wrong thing because i posted on reddit oh sorry i've read the wikipedia summary of 1984 i know what cultural marxism and wrong thing means okay (laughs) don't argue with me (sighs) sorry all right so um (laughs) now that we've learned a little bit about the types of people in the world who may or may not be connected to uh pen and paper uh here's the thing shell actually wanted me to do (laughs) we are going to now move on instead into something a little less uh a little less inflammatory and a little more uh but also a little drier uh (laughs) 
We're going to be looking at settings, uh, in particular, bad settings. From we're Kickstarter. Just... Oh, good. We're... Yeah, so we're going to go to Kickstarter, and we're going to see some uh, settings that are trying to get kickstarted. Uh, not, not shall the, um, the history part for the, uh, world of advanced cataclysm is very long, so I don't expect you to read all of it, but if you could just read salient points and, uh, I, I, I trust you to skip where you feel it's getting a little overly verbose. Oh boy. I tried to block out some parts myself, uh, we're going to be talking about the planet Dormum, uh, it's... Filled with oceans and mountains and stuff, you know, planet things. Okay. People live on it. <laughs> okay. Uh, the world of advanced cataclysm. History. The setting is the planet Dormum, and it all started when a large piece of debris from the sparkling void struck down on the surface of the planet. The debris was actually a very small part of the prison of oblivion, an astral being. <laughs> the debris was infused with the essence of oblivion, and it struck down with so much force that it drilled itself into the heart of the planet where it slowly started to seep chaos into the world, because that's not an extinction-level event. <laughs> Um, <laughs> it just hit the planet hard enough to go all the way to the core. No big deal. Chaos seeps into the world, starts to corrupt everything in the entire ecosystem. Humanity is hit hardest for some reason. Uh, the added corruption starts wars. Uh, because of the constant wars, the natural resources were all stripped, and the astrals are gods were slowly losing their grip on humanity and the planet. Uh, so they decided to put all the last of their powers into the planet, uh, waking up prime elementals that lay slumbering within. Um, if you're already bored with this, I have some real <laughs> fucking bad news about the other side. For some reason, I just have a really clear image of an elevator open doors button, and I'm pressing it a lot. I mean, can I sh you should click on the Kickstarter link, and like, first off, their funding was cancelled. Yeah, uh, no. But also, some of their art is on there, and it's fucking wild. Oh, is this a snake-looking motherfucker? Which I think we should all just look at this snake-looking motherfucker. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, you mean? Yeah. Oh, you oh, mean Metal Gear oh, Solid Snake? Yes, Solid yes, snake. yes. Gosh, I oh. don't think boy, he's got a lot of abs. <laughs> oh, you mean? Yeah, snake. he's he's got about an eight pack and two robot arms. Um, yeah, so humanities, it's, uh, gods are the downfall of humanity, but humanity has ability to strive again. That's, you know, same old, same old. Yeah. But if you would, if you would read the last two paragraphs there, uh, before the, uh, the blacked out parts, if, uh, just to give a highlight of, um, so starting at a small faction of the remaining. All right. A small faction of the remaining populace saw the possibility of the extinction of the entire human race and set to build a giant machine that could restore the rotation and fuel the core. Centuries passed, but eventually they finished the construction and managed to stabilize the core. Unfortunately, most of the damage was already done as the outer layers were drifting into the sparkling void. Their rescue came at a great cost. To activate mm -hmm. and protect the new core, they had to sacrifice themselves. As time passed, humanity slowly forgot about them, so there they lie in their metallic grave, buried for the greater good, but never forgotten. Wait, Except humanity they, just yeah, totally forgot about them. <laughs> what? Well, you know, they forgot about them, but they didn't really forget about them. What does any of that mean? I did not retain any of that at all. <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> that's fine. Oh, also, oh, here's okay. a fun thing. I only learned from looking at the Kickstarter page. 
This is not like a fantasy setting. This is a sci-fi. Yeah, yeah that's yeah, all I've is... gathered is sci-fi, robots, death. Yeah, it's but there's like elementals and dragons, and also you could have a lightsaber. Oh, cool! It's hey, not what? magic. It's magitech. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it fucking sucks. No, there's a bunch of icons, like a game controller, but with the USB symbol shoved onto it. I like that they had to put a disclaimer yeah. that they actually own the art. <laughs> <laughs> well, this oh, man, sorry. Due to unforeseen right. complications and a very bad start, this campaign is being taken down. All right. Um. So that's that's a good example of a pretty generic RPG that uh, from Kickstarter. Uh, Mix. Yes. Could you please tell us about Galloping oh, Stars RPG? No. Oh, I don't like that name. It's a pony-inspired sci-fi. Yeah, I, I, I gotta, gotta get Relaunch. Relaunch. Okay. Okay. So they failed. So they failed <laughs> to get. They failed to get funding once and then oh. tried again. Is that what this? Yeah, and they got funding. How much do you think they got? Uh, Seven hundred thousand like, dollars. I'm gonna guess like eighty thousand. They got, well, they asked for five thousand, mm-hmm. so let's let's go off that. <laughs> they got eight thousand eight hundred fifty. Okay, sure, that's rent for like a couple months. Wait. Anyway, also just a reminder: mm. ponies are copyrighted. Nah. Wait, why are there furries? Are, it's a pony game. Details, shmeetails. Anyway, anyway, got Galloping Stars RPG, a pony-inspired sci-fi RPG relaunch. The world of Galloping Stars is vast and filled with life. Equus, Galloping Stars' equivalent of Earth, is home to the three main species of ponies. However, also furries. Also furries. <laughs> However, they are not the only sentient species out there. Our core rulebook, yeah. as it currently stands, includes nine unique playable races, uh, all from different shit. backgrounds and home worlds. These are as. I don't know how I feel about this new Stellaris expansion. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy! I mean, you know they're gonna add a unicorn race in Wait. soon. There's oh boy! Oh boy! That's not a, that's not a joke. There's serious talk about adding a space. I believe it. Yeah, unfortunately, yeah, I believe it. Anyway, I mean, I've talked to Wizard. Cool about it, video so. games. Anyway, Terra Queens, the ground-bound ponies of Equus. They are strong and capable of enduring hardship compared to the other races. Boring. Uh, unicorns. The magic wielders of Equus. Unicorn horns give them a natural foci for casting spells. And they tend to be the more powerful so magic users. They are the magic wielders. Uh, oh. Who else so, is okay. doing magic? <laughs> That's fun. Well, there's there's also Pegasi, the flyers of Equus. Uh-huh. Uh, being oh, yeah, capable okay. of flight means the sky's the limit for these ponies. <laughs> <laughs> that reference hasn't been made a million times. They aren't the strongest flyers in the galaxy, but their natural ability to manipulate weather makes them very versatile. Oh, cool. what? You know, what? different from magic. What? Versatile, also known as overpowered. Yeah, so it for rains reference, now. in like D&D, you have to be like level 14 to manipulate weather with magic. Oh, I guess it's, yeah. just, it's like nope. X-Men, you know. Right, you can just do it right out of the gates. Just fuck it. Oh, hold on <laughs> real quick. I just want to... I believe this is like a thing for Pathfinder, if that wasn't clear. Like, I think it's straps on top of Pathfinder. Don't say straps on! So Pathfinder control weather is literally a 7th level spell. So. Uh, 
nope, oh, no. nope, according to this page, it is an in-house system. Oh, great, cool. Sorry, guys. Uh, just, uh, so you know, we, I just posted a picture of the Twilightborn, and, uh, hailing from a title-locked world of perpetual twilight, known only as Harmony, this race's lives are anything but harmonic. A dynastic civilization, every Twilightborn and either belongs to the Imperial family or one of the four horses. Oh, houses. Yeah, Whoops. <laughs> Intrigue, stealth, deception, and diplomacy play an integral role in their culture. So, for so, those of you playing along at home, drow. They're also just Pegasus, but got, with bat wings. Yeah, <laughs> okay, then tell us about a different a different race all right well these are very this following race is very different from horses the zebras of sphinxonia have probably the hardest life of any of the races their backstory is one of enslavement Hmm. rebellion and then surrendering to being a working cast what Hmm. the fuck oh oh i wonder what this could be a metaphor some stuff just clicked into place and i don't like it they are now the servants of the Sphinxes, despite having rebelled previously and losing. Hmm. Some do find their way free of their shackles, of the shackles they bear, oh, though. Oh, God, why did they... Oh, they are they dedicated workers okay. and have a natural attunement to the any environment they find themselves in. And next year, they'll be in uh, Zebra, Israel. Oh. <sighs> Nutshell, the Sphinxes. Ah. The Sphinxes are the ruling class of Sphinxonia and the Sphinxian Empire. They rule over the zebras, their subjects, with an iron will. While their populace is much less numerous than that of their servants, servants, they are greatly advanced in the ways of law and are great at keeping order. Having the magic of the gods on their side helps too. Uh, (laughs) Quote unquote, God. I can't wait for the pony plagues to hit. (laughs) Oh, I can't wait for the pony atheists to come in and be like there are no gods and free all of the zebras. No, you see what's going to happen is there's going to be a musical movie oh, called God. The Horse yeah. of Egypt. <laughs> <laughs> and then just if anyone yeah, wonders sure That's a fucking Neopet! Come on! Yes. That is a Neopet. I hey, would describe Argyle. a lot of these as uh, Neopet. Hey, Argyle, yeah, tell us about the Starhounds. Yeah. Yo, okay, so Star Pound? Star, Star, Star? Yeah, Star Pound. You know the buttons on your phone. (laughs) They're a bipedal race of canines hailing from Uh Ashir. Their race primarily forms the Starhound Syndicate, a great mega corporation with a hefty percentage of the galaxy's gem deposits under its control. Gems. So it is Stellaris. Yeah, <laughs> goddammit. While on the whole, not the brightest race in the galaxy, they've certainly developed some fantastic technology using those gems. <laughs> They're not very smart, but they are pretty smart. You gotta get the Oh t- my god. Oh my god, I just They're love not the this. brightest race in the galaxy, bless their hearts. <laughs> technologically advanced race of stupid, stupid furries. So, yeah, the picture here is... We should talk oh, about the picture from that's most like... persona, persona <laughs> that has ever personaed. There's a lot of ass Oh, yeah, look at that. <laughs> As I, I said... Don't like it. Yeah, they've got some big flanks. Like, but they they have thumbs, so that's that's an advantage over ponies. almost all the other yeah. races. Yeah, but they have to be stupid. It's their only downside. God. No, listen. I've read Twilight. They're clumsy. Sorry, their racial 
talent, though, is tech-savvy, which makes them better at tech. Yeah, they're good at technology, but they're stupid. Like millennials. <laughs> oh! Okay, uh, he'd ser- ser- serve a Metal Gear Solid got really fucking bad after 4. <laughs> oh, I get it. Sniper Wolf. Ah. I've got a picture of the Cervidians. Yeah, they're deer. I really like that the picture of the deer people has the deer pulling a bow back, but they yeah. don't have hands. Also, it can't <laughs> wear a fucking cloak, but it's wearing one anyway. Okay. But let him explain what they are we before we actually describe so what they do. We have so many image things to put if in this If a deer wore pants, would it wear it like this or like this? <laughs> let him okay. explain. Okay, we're all very excited about the deer that can... I'm not going to make that joke. Oh, um, dear. And a Cervidae hail from the lush alpine planet of Cervidaeus. Creative. Oh, just like humans come from Humantopia. Yeah. Um, yeah. Where the great forests and sprawling meadows cover much of the landscape, their society is governed by a geneocracy. Brackets. Problem-solving, creative, intelligence, and compassion as criteria for governance. That makes what? no fucking sense. Um, uh, Are you sure it isn't just you have a genie rule over you? It's a society of, of therapists. What if the government yes. was nice? Uh, don't be ridiculous, <laughs> man. Imagine that. That's too fantastic, I'm sorry. Next you'll be wanting lesbians to be treated nicely in a setting. Whoops, you got me. They mm-hmm. utilize the materials of their natural surroundings to great effect in everything from their buildings to their weapons, which they are too dumb to fucking build, but they're great at technology. Also capable of producing magic through the natural foci of their antlers. They are not as potent as unicorns, but they have more control. So hey, fuck off. Not pictured in this picture of a deer person is antlers, yet they're still using magic. <laughs> hey, yeah, you know what half of the population have? Maybe she, uh, maybe she, uh, came from a universe where she had magic, but she forgot. <laughs> what if their deer, those aren't ears, those are the horns? No, their antlers are internal. Oh, <laughs> oh soul antlers. Yeah, just like, grow back in week season, so they lose the, magic in No, no, heave, the antlers were inside you the whole time. Fuck. Well, yeah, that's because I bought this custom-made dildo from that dragon. But... <laughs> okay, okay, Argyle, uh, griffins. So, the griffins, they are a race of strong flyers, but the griffins no longer hail from their original home planet. It was destroyed by an astral collision a long time ago. <laughs> is this what? from that other RPG? Yeah. What the fuck is this Mass Effect now? <laughs> oh, wait. <laughs> It's Mass Effect, it's Stellaris, it's ponies, it's furries, it's everything you never also, wanted from the internet. astral collision so they won't actually hit by anything. Oh yeah, it only happened on the astral plane! <laughs> Wait, where do they live now, Argyle? Now they call the nearby gas giant planet of Salacia home. They have learned to harness the natural forces of their planet, not only as they are, but in a miniaturized version, in order to produce their own gems, and thus competing with the Starhounds. What the fuck? You can't live on a gas giant. No, it's cool. They're a race of strong flyers. It's alright. Yeah, they just fly around all the time. Constantly. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, really. That's big why they can live. That's like, just like that's sharks. They can live in Who all knew? of that uh, yep. horrible gas. They just yep. fly through it. It's fine. If they stop flying, they die. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of the. Uh... Oh, that's me. In addition to all of these races, there is an ever-evolving lore surrounding the universe, which is Proceed. developer talk for. Uh, I don't know. We'll change whatever we need to. <laughs> yep. This is called the darkness, and fuck off. This. If you fund our Kickstarter, we're told to make a race based on your persona. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> yay! I think that I hope that's one of the. This will reflected not only in the core rulebook, but in future expansion books if the Kickstarter is successful. Oh, good thing it was. I I can't wait to see those expansions that you put a lot of thought and effort the into. The core rulebook will include an introduction to the lore of the universe, starting with the home planets of the included races. Will also include a handful of creatures in a starting bestiary. Bestiary. Future expansion books will look into other planets, technology, races, and stories that will, together, build the full universe of Galloping Stars. So, Dumb. again, eh, we'll do it later. The full. Oh man, there's an exclusive um, Kickstarter only adventure called The Fool's Labyrinth. Oh. Also, there's a. Uh, you can pledge a thousand dollars to this, and some. Dumb fucking idiot did that. Yeah, you get your own race in there. Do you? Oh my god, yes! Like I said. Yay! Oh no, I'm so sad that this, uh, this has ended. I'm not. Hey, I wonder what's in the updates. (laughs) Alright, um, we're gonna skip the, um, (laughs) we're gonna skip Excelsior, an inspired steampunk pen and paper (laughs) RPG. (laughs) Yeah, inspired and steampunk, two uh, words I really that definitely belong together. <laughs> We're going to instead go down to a much uh, shorter Kickstarter project, uh, Invisible Sun from Monty Cook Games. Uh, uh, Monty uh, Cook's a thing. fucking asshole. Okay. Yeah, so you're like... that name sound? Yeah, I was like, Monty Cook sounds familiar. Yeah, he's he's done several RPGs, so I don't know if this is mentioned in here, but... um. Okay, so Invisible Sun um, is supposed to be an exclusive RPG. Um, the smallest pledge you can make is almost two hundred dollars for a copy. Whoa! Of the game. Yeah, yeah, that's not a joke. It's it's supposed to be like a very exclusive RPG for Avantgarde. Well, gee, no wonder they Red made Kate, their goal. Uh, let me, let me. Hey, guys, guys, guys. Uh, so. First, I want you to guess what the goal yeah, of this, this project fun. was. This is a fun one. Uh, $50,000. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I- any other guesses? $500,000. I mean, um, you can't guess twice. Okay, fine. $210,653. Oh. Now, can you guess how much they fucking made? Uh, $20. Oh, you fucking wish. <laughs> oh. You sweet And by 20, you mean $664,274 yeah. between 1,846 backers. Then, yes, so, you're right. Oh. All right, I'm going to make a Kickstarter for RPG and never deliver yeah, So Monty Cook, <laughs> Monty Cook is able to do this because he's done RPGs before. He's done shit for like Dungeons and Dragons. Um, he's also said that he thinks that if you play anything that's not a wizard, you're playing Dungeons and Dragons wrong. He's a wow, fucking moron. Wow, what a cool guy. Well, yeah. yeah, he's been working on Dungeons and Dragons since 92, so yeah, he's who to blame. 
Yeah, so explain Invisible Sun. And then we'll all go through some of the uh, characters. Oh, I explaining Invisible Sun. Okay. Um, do you dream of escape, but you don't know from what or to where? Looking for a chance to escape the insanity of the real world and immerse yourself in something rich, deep, and fantastical? Something that, sure. cha something that challenges the limits of your creativity and intellect. Well, give me $200 and... You, uh, you need to have a high right. IQ to understand Invisible Should... Sun. I also mentioned that $200 tier is called Call the Black Cube. Oh, fuck. Look, before you can buy this RPG, you need to send Monty Cook a verified IQ test of saying that you have at least an IQ of 130. It's... So, I mean, oh boy. Okay, I... so let's let's start. Yeah, hey, uh... What wizard can we play as? Starting with me, apparently. Lokran. Lokran made a gun. Right. Now, one? Oh, shit, yes. It doesn't matter. Whatever. It's a fucking wizard. Who cares? He made a god out of a de out of demon, which fires bullets that only harm possessed people. On his quest oh, to discover the long forgotten and perhaps forbidden number between Ooh. twelve and thirteen. Fuck oh, off. that's so uh. wacky. The weapon is proving useful as the enemies of sleep appear determined to stop him. Also, fucking newsflash: there's infinite numbers between twelve and thirteen. Fuck off. The enemies of sleep, so that would be my uh, college neighbors. <laughs> uh, was this ghost written by Suda51? Because that's that sounds like Suda51. <laughs> Thanks. You're welcome, Frank. Jury's face is normally a blur of swirling spirit forms, but occasionally she can make one of them manifest, and she gains its appearance and memories. If she okay. risks keeping the new face too long, however, she can lose her identity. But she wow. doesn't... What? That makes no sense. Wow. Yeah, look, well, it would be—it sure would be a shame to just not no longer be a swirling form of spirits that can't do anything. But yeah, I mean, having Next. access to that system is really great. But no matter what face he has, it always has the buckle melt. <laughs> anyway, let me talk about Tom. Tom is dead, but he doesn't want that deter him. While he he's while really he knows how to Tom. restore his life, he chooses not to because the advantages of being Fuck a wraith off. are many. Of course, he occasionally has issues with not existing. Cool. Oh. Oh. Very creative. Wonder what kind oh, my of, hand is making this motion kind of again. Where'd that come that from? Wraith is... Now, the last one of these characters is Rodir. Rodir has connections all over the city, and she holds a collection of wicked keys that allow her to solve, unlock, <laughs> any problem, lock, by just creating a keyhole to insert a key, turn it, and see what happens. Uh, People don't appreciate it when she does this to them. But that's what they get for so being in her way. Anything is a lock, so her key can do anything. They just watched too much Thigh Brain. No, they played yes. Kingdom Hearts. <laughs> oh, boo. Joke for Argyle, apparently. No, that's, that's a joke for me, too, actually. Oh. Would you repeat the last line there, Argyle? People don't appreciate it when she does this to them, but that's what they get for being in her way. Cool. Oh, she opens people with a key. No, no, no. She solves people. You're right. Oh, right. She solves problems, which are people. Uh, I'm going to unlock all... your mind with my Millennium Key. Fuck you. Uh, Yu-Gi-Oh. <laughs> <laughs> this all reminds right. me of a puzzle. God. These are all player characters in the Invisible Sun 
tabletop RPG. They are no longer trapped in shadow where you are right now, but inhabit the actuality. Also, you're in the character creation space, but they're in the actual playable (laughs) world. A world that seems like a surreal dream to those of us toiling aimlessly in the boring gray realm that we falsely believe is the real world. Yeah, that's where we keep the poor people. (laughs) These characters face incredible challenges, visit breathtaking places, and discover secrets so astonishing that the only oh, ones if only I could tell you the secrets, you would yeah. have your mind blown. Whoa! So astonishing that only that the only ones who can cope with them are those that understand the truth of the real power in the universe. Jizz. No. Oh, sorry. Magic. But nothing like what you've seen before. Invisible sun makes magic magical Uh. again. (laughs) This ain't your mama's magic. Magic's not just a series of mechanics. It's weird, wonderful, unpredictable, and dangerous. Ooh, this is so unique. (laughs) With spells and incantations like the flock scatters at the sound of teeth. Huh? Huh? No. Okay. Well, what about what about uh, uh, I lost sharp my edges? Ah, oh, Jesus! I dropped it on the floor. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> what about sharp edges in the first frost? <laughs> Ugh. No. Not nothing. Uh, uh, what about the punishment of change comes to the wary? Fuck That's you. A great spell name. No, it's not. Magic. You can't just capitalize random words and call it magic. Okay, buddy. We've all played White Wolf. We know the jig. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> uh, magic is what the game is all about. I'm gonna cast the smell the spell small boy jumps in garbage can and rolls downhill. Hey buddy. <laughs> if your magic's unpredictable, that's a bad game mechanic. Right? <laughs> like either the magic in the game is predictable so that you can engage you mechanically when or you just or you just say things like I am the owner of the feet of god and because of that i'm able to walk through any blanket uh, i didn't like that sequel to god hand it wasn't very good. <laughs> <laughs> all right all right so we're going to finish off the night with oh, a uh we're going to finish off the night by, by doing a quick run through of certain aspects of the republishing of the world of cinnabar uh oh, lesbiathan could you tell us what oh, Cinnabar is? Oh, Cinnabar? Yeah, that's an island in uh, Kanto, the Kanto region. That's where Blaine, the fire-type <laughs> yeah. gym leader, is. He's the hot-headed quiz master. Yep, okay, sure so is. the world of Cinnabar is a game that was published... The world of Cinnabon. Fuck you. Uh, it was a game that was published originally in like the late 80s, and then it got a uh, second edition in the 90s. Um, weird grognard nerds really love it because the writing's really bad. And the settings hey, really for for the listeners. What's a grognard? Uh, it comes from the French for old soldier, but in the context of uh, pen and paper games, um, uh, in the context of pen and paper games, uh, it just means a fucking nerd who can't get over bullshit. A rules obsessed beardo. Yeah. Uh. Anyways, it's really bad. Uh, nerds like it because it has weird art. Like it's got a raccoon that's like smoking and he's holding a bazooka oh wow oh epic i mean 
yeah, so the nerds really like it because it's wacky and badly written, and also the author's name something like just, Raven McCracken or something. Gerps. Hell yeah! Oh, what uh, an epic name! It fucking well, sucks. Or rifts. No, don't play rifts. Well, Come on, nutshell, no, please. <laughs> Let's just continue to make this well, episode they've... more inaccessible. <laughs> well, uh, so they, 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 there's a Kickstarter to republish this, and apparently it's to republish it exactly as is, with no revisions oh. or updates. Uh, uh, no, sorry. And they, they streamlined it by taking out some of the setting information. <laughs> Oh wow! Oh well, that's well, that's good. I'm really glad. Uh, so I'm going to go ahead and read you guys uh, something straight out of the kicks the uh, Kickstarter's description. It's put oh, in no. there with no other explanation oh, whatsoever. No. So you're getting it the way every person who would be stumbling across this Kickstarter and potentially donating would be getting it. Okay. So we've got one of the sample races here from uh, Cinnabar. Um, the Alentian, sentient dreams of the world ship, human variant with golden skin, hair, white, eyes, gold, mm. merit cost 45, special diet vegan, <laughs> special sensitivity, black titanium may damage Al Alentians in any form, racial ability, insustainability, transformation insubstantial, power-based psionics, constitution 3, merit cost 30, capping right. time to become insubstantial, one uncomplicated oh, action, Christ, may be used as a normal fate, dodge to avoid BA <laughs> attacks, to become solid, one second from the time started. Yes, Eve? Well, is any of this? Yeah. So, <laughs> well, I, this, I mean, this, this, this is encouraging you. To, I can, this is encouraging you to play I this game. I can explain some of it. Please don't. Why would you do it the time? <laughs> Range, self, touch, affects only one kilo of additional payload besides Alentian per cogency point. What? This is already fun. I love measuring kilos and finding cogency points. Ugh. Duration, concentration, up to one minute. Effect, the Alentian's transformation effect is invisible. The insubstantial form has, no, has normal sight slash hearing skills and is seen as an allusion to the general size of any appearance of Alentian desires. While the insubstantial, the subject is flying at 9 meters per oh, second Jesus. through solid substances, plus 1 meter per second per cogency point above 90. Well, So you get that? 90 cogency points. If you have more than 10 more than that, you get to go 1 more meter a second. That's cool. Uh, while insubstantial, the Alentian cannot pass through the power-based defenses, black titanium, or physically touch any other type of solid matter. While insubstantial, the Alentian is only harmed by power-based ethics effects slash dam dam? Yeah. And black titanium. <laughs> Biosynthesizer. This is another race, by the way. It's just yeah, but it's formatted really terribly, so it's hard to tell. Uh. Is an organic electronic human. This is the most complex character of the classes to play, so it's more complex than what we just heard. Oh so don't no! Know. No, please. <laughs> There's only one real part of this that I want to read. Well, there's two parts of it. Maybe uh, they may be of any human race. BSCs may switch gender. That requires 24 hours. I want to read their special dietary requirement. Okay. It's severe. To remain alive, all BSCs are dependent on the metal palladium. Should a BSC be denied a minimum of one milligram of palladium for more than 120 consecutive hours, the unlucky BSC shuts down permanently within the following 1d20 hours. Subject rolls the d20 as trauma. 
See special substances, palladium. Say, uh, what's their racial ability? <laughs> <laughs> oh, their racial, <laughs> their racial ability? It's telekinetic. No, 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 no. no. no the other one. Oh, the other one. Um, oh, midnight sunstone bazooka. You mean? <laughs> it's a beam attack. It does damage. Yeah. Oh, thank. Can't okay. imagine. Yeah. <laughs> just, hey, just damage. So, yep. What is their power base? It's pure psionics. Why oh, do you ask? Thanks. Just curious. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I noticed that they have special disease effects. Um, what's the one exception? Oh, do they? Uh... Yeah. <laughs> Where the fuck is that? Oh, there it is. Okay. Oh, well, BSCs are not affected by most diseases. The exception: uh, hemorrhagic maladies and Kuru have normal effects. Thanks. Uh, do they have any other special racial uh, skills? Specifically, this one that I'm <laughs> highlighting. Uh, well, they have no need to sleep, but if you need more on that, see the Golden Tiger oh, Guild. No, no, no. That's They have no need to sleep, but they have to see the Golden Tiger Guild. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> and I, I okay. said that their okay. racial power was telekinetic. It's not. It's tech kinetic. Oh, God. <laughs> it's tech kinetic, please. Oh, sorry. Tech kinetic. Tech kinetic. Argyle, just for comparison, oh will God. you please will you please read about the Haliathians? The Haliathians are a oh. bipedal crocodile humanoid with crocodile tail, head, and snout. The tail is long and very sturdy with the classic ridges. <laughs> Ooh, ruffles have ridges, and so do Haliathians. You gotta get it ridged. Uh, it's it's ribbed. For your pleasure. Yeah, they really uh, Their merit cost is fifty. They are a con- carnivore. Their size, while the stature of a Haliathian is increased, their size is not such that any weapon or equipment adjustments are required. And they have a special natural weapon. They have okay. a bite, dam, and uh, that does oh. five damage, and a tail that does three damage. That's it. That's it. Okay. So what's their racial huh? ability? Oh, uh, they don't have one. <coughs> Well, okay, what's their special condition? They don't have one. Uh, alright. Uh, well, what's their, uh, special disease effects? They don't have, they don't have any of that. They're, that's it. That's all of it. That's the whole thing. Oh. Well, hold on, what's their power base? Hmm? What? What's a power base? Oh, okay. Interesting. No, never mind, it's fine. Yeah, that's great. You know, it's... They sounded cool. You get cool, to but... play as a big fucking yeah, crocodile. Yeah, I can play as Vector the Crocodile <laughs> from Sonic the Hedgehog. <laughs> so, like, Listen, your crocodile, that's all I need. you have witches, so you can pick, pick up more dip for Yeah, crocodile. I've got hey, I've got those well. classic ridges that we all know and love. Hey, I noticed that uh, these crocodiles can't swim according to their uh, stats. They don't get oh, any sort of oh. swim bonus. <laughs> also, uh, according to their stats, they can't move. Yeah, that's also very true. Um, oh, all right. <laughs> all right. Um, we're going to finish off the night with okay. a choice from Nutshell. Oh, my God. Nutshell, they included some sample organizations from uh, Cinnabar. Uh, do you want to tell us about the Blood Mages, the Mage Tiger Guild, or the Repossessions Guild? <laughs> the Repossessions Guild. Okay, cool. You are the repo man. You are going to steal everybody's stuff because you didn't pay your bills. That's right. Uh, Okay. Remember, this is completely without. This is completely as was put straight into the Kickstarter for people who were supposed to donate. Oh. Okay. 
Repossessions Guild. No, it's not the Thieves Guild. Why do you ask? Um, <laughs> merit cost, 45. Principles to provide a quality service for the contractor willing to pay. Rates, $10 plus... No, plus $10? It's 10% uh, of the value of the items recovered. Special skill, Mystic. The subject may purchase any one ability in the 10 merit categories and below in any of the six Ooh. power bases. Special skill, pick locks. Special skill, disarm traps. Special skill, pick pocket. Uh, special equipment, uh -huh. guild locksmith tools. If lost, reduce the user's manipulate device and tool rolls by minus oh, 10. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but we're not the Thieves Guild. We're Repossessions Guild. <laughs> yeah, um, let's... All right, sample skills, practitioner limitation. To be practitioner of the art in any form, with the exception the of key mutations, requires a minimum what? of plus five intelligence. What does it mean? You have to be smart to do magic. Okay. But it's not to magic. They're magic. just stealing shit. Sorry, repossession. Well, no, there's a there's a merit. Listen, there's a merit Julia. cost to this, and that that involves some sort of manipulate device have role. You, and... Have you ever seen a wizard who's stolen anything? Damn. They have, yeah, they've got special skills. They've got special skills within ten merit categories and six power bases. So, like, yeah, there's magic, probably. Hey, Shell, what the fuck does any of that mean? I don't know. Not Shell. Keep going. Okay. Uh, practitioner limit. Okay, I did the practitioner limitation. A bonus <laughs> ability gaining any form of practitioner comes with one bonus ten merit ability spell in the power base of that art with mm. a capital A. Yeah. It all adds up now. Yeah, that's making more and more sense with every sentence I read. Uh, sensing power bases. A character may always sense the presence of any power base they use. Uh, okay. And range. One meter cannot be increased. So your character has a range of one, me one, one meter. I mean, one meter doesn't matter. Everything else has a modifier except your range. I can pick locks from um, one meter away. It's a small guild. <laughs> I used my mystic power. It. I just took a minus ten because I lost my my meter long lockpick. Oh my god! So lastly, uh, let's go ahead and um, I, I I this is still this is like I said this is on Kickstarter. So they had a goal of thirty five hundred dollars. Oh fuck! How, how much do you guys <sighs> think they made? Too much. How much do you think uh this reprint of Raven McCracken's work uh. Got. Too much. Wait, didn't we say the thing? Didn't we say yeah. how much it got? No, that was for the uh, ponies. Less than a Starship Corvax, but more than a phased plasma rifle. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ, he, yeah. did you make that up? No, no okay, I'm looking for no. out of the dock. Okay, cool. No, that's in the dock, actually. It's there. Well, on a scale of one to mecha lung. How much do you think? No, we definitely made more than mech lung. It made $7,710 between 191 backers. So, yes, this oh, got right. I think, I think wow. we can actually get it on DriveThruRPG. Okay, but you can get everything on DriveThruRPG. That means nothing. Yeah, you're 15 right. 15 <laughs> All right, so what did we learn this evening? Well, I learned that if you're going to cast Alchemist Armor, it's an armor type. It's power base is alchemy, oh, no. constitution is one, it's merits ten, and it's casting time is one uncomplicated action. It's rage itself. Jeez. 
Good job. I'm glad you learned all of that. That's going to serve you well in your life. Yeah, I learned that pen and paper certainly is bullshit. And Fuck if you, you enjoy that oh. bullshit, Fuck you. you can go to pen and paper bullshit dot um, weebly.com. Don't, though. I feel like I learned. Lo- I came out of this knowing less than I did going in. <laughs> you know, once you kill brain cells, they're gone forever. Yeah, thanks, McCracken. <laughs> Fuck you. Okay. I just learned that Shell fucking stole my opener! God damn it! <laughs> uh, uh, Ar- Argyle Nutshell? Uh. uh... <laughs> oh no, Nutshell. I, I learned there are people still playing Cinnabar! Uh, I haven't yep. understood anything that's been said in the last like 20 minutes. Oh, well, that's because you don't understand. So you need to have an IQ. I'll, I'll buy, for your birthday, I'll get you a copy of the republished Cinnabar, and then you can learn no, all the things. Julia, please, no. Oh, boy. I I learned that uh, there's actually a good place to go for this stuff on the internet, and it's RPG Net, and they actually actively uh, foster a community of good-hearted, good-minded people who just want to have fun. Once yeah, again, so... our sponsors for this episode are... Yeah, RPG Net. <laughs> they endorse everything we say in this episode, particularly about yeah. uh, the continent of Shandriel, uh, Plains of Mist, <laughs> its primary city is Lentris. No, no. So, if you want to if you want to completely endorse everything that we say in this episode and join people who do the same, you should head on over to Ball Pit. That's B-A-L-L-P dot I-T. If you want more from us, you should head on over to T-H-E-F-M-I-N dot U-S. There you'll find more episodes, episode art, episode descriptions, uh, reader information, a comment section that could use some love. And I'll, you know, I mean, I was about to say all kinds of other stuff, but I think that's basically it. Um, (laughs) Also, uh, as was said, you can head on, you can go over to uh, penandpaperbullshit.weebly dot com and uh you can hear the lesbiathan's podcasts uh that are that entail her um that entail the games that the uh, pen and paper games that she takes part in online you should definitely keep track of that because in a couple of days we're going to be releasing a very special game that's played by extra credit members and that's that's gonna be really fun it's gonna be really great julia's gonna be the dm yeah uh Oh boy, I can't <laughs> wait for that thing. That'll be a good old time. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> All right. Well, goodbye, everybody. Bye. Goodbye. Sorry. Her father, the chieftain, makes long roads between them. The grasslands are endless and summer sings on. Waving the skies when it's gray The chieftain sends a river wind East and away To search for strong magic At the lip of the morning The grasslands are waving The skies rim is gray Oh, river wind Where have you gone? Oh, river wind Autumn comes on I sit by I'm going to start my recording here, just so you know. Anyway, hi, Extra Credit. Hello. What? 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 Hold on. No, we're good. Everything's great. Hi, Extra Credit. Hi. Hi, Joe. Carries a blue staff. 
bright as a glacier. The grasslands are fading. The summer wind dies. More about the grasslands. Here's some grasslands. The grasslands are fragile and yellow as flame. The chieftain makes mockery of river winds claim. He orders the people to stone the young warrior. The grasslands are fragile and yellow as flame. Here's some more grassland shit. The grasslands are faded and autumn is here. The girl joins her lover. The stones were so near. The 